Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the city of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. I love scripture. I just, I love it so much. I remember when I first became a Christian, um, I, I didn't actually enjoy reading my Bible. I did it because I was told to. Now, mind you, I was in high school. I don't know if that made a difference or not. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that I just, it, would, it was kind of dry to me. And I remember this moment where I had this specific prayer where I said, Lord, I want to know you better. And I know that one way to do that is through reading your scripture. And so will you help me to have a desire to do so? And boy, did he answer that prayer. I just, I cannot get enough of it. And one of my favorite books in the New Testament is actually the Gospel of John because it begins to unfold the divine nature of Jesus Christ and exactly how powerful he is and who he is as our Savior. But then my second favorite book is the one we're going to be in today, and that's the book of Romans. And I want to just invite you, as I kind of introduce this to you, if you have a Bible with you, whether it is a a real Bible or a phone or an iPad like I have today, I want to invite you to go ahead and open up to Romans 8. We're going to start right in the middle of the book, and um, we're going to kind of be towards the end of Romans 8, starting in verse 26. But before we get there, before I read it to you, I just want to kind of catch you up where we're at so you have a little bit of context about today's sermon, about today's passage. And the book of Romans is, there's so many underlinable parts. In fact, many of the scriptures we're going to read today are probably going to be somewhat familiar to you, even if you're a new believer. These are scriptures that are often quoted during difficult seasons, which we're all in right now. So it may be familiar to you, but leading up to this, Paul begins this as a letter, and he's basically reminding us of the gospel message. He, d- he begins to talk about everything that we learn in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about Jesus and about what Jesus did for us and the sacrifice that he made for us so that we, through Jesus' death and resurrection, can receive the gift of salvation. And he talks about how we are justified through our faith in Jesus Christ, meaning God cleans us up and he makes it as if we've never sinned at all. And it's just this amazing book. It's an amazing letter for new believers and believers who have believed for a long time alike. Still to this day, you can draw so much out of the book of Romans. And this entire letter has changed my life in many ways and through many seasons. And when we get up to chapter 8, Chapter 8 begins by kind of explaining how all of creation is groaning as if in childbirth, laboring through this pain because it's like we're waiting desperately for the return of Jesus, for him to come back for us. And it's like, it's like Paul, though, he gets to this part and he, he begins to show us that even though things are really difficult, we can still have hope. And so we pick up in our passage today, and if you're there with me, we'll have it on the screen as well. We're going to be in Romans 8, 26 through 39, and it starts out like this. 
It kind of picks up immediately following this thought of suffering and laboring in pain, waiting for Jesus to return. And it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And this is a very familiar passage. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among his brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That is such good news today. Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's a pretty long passage of scripture. I, think, I don't think we've covered that many verses on a Sunday morning in quite some time. Um, there's no way that I can possibly unpack all of these. There's a few things that really stood out to me when I was going through and I was studying these verses. And I think that this passage really talks about suffering, and I think part of that suffering is this fear of separation. And I think if suffering could have another word, it would, could be known as 2020. Everything has gone wrong this year. Everything. I thought 2019 was bad. My family and I went through a lot of stuff in 2019. I know a lot of people that suffered in 2019. I had such high hopes for 2020, and yet here we are. Um, I'm pretty sure my year has gone the same as yours. Um, we have suffered collectively, individually, a lot of loss in 2020, a lot of separation. There's a lot of grief that is going around right now. There's so much that's going on in this season right now, and I know that it can be tempting. I sincerely hope that you are drawing closer to the Lord in this season, but I fear that some of us have drawn away from him. Because when things get hard, it can be so hard to trust that God really is looking out for us. It can be really difficult to believe that he hasn't just abandoned us altogether. Is he really going to do what he has promised us? When all of the stuff that's going around is so difficult and everything hurts so badly and there's so much anger and there's so much unrest, 
Where is God? Where is he? It can feel as if he's nowhere nearby. And I think that's where the true suffering is, is this fear of being separated. And I think sometimes separation can come twofold. Sometimes when we feel hurt by God, or we feel hurt by things that we think are because of God, we begin to separate ourselves from him. Or when things are hurting for us, we get hurt because we fear that he has separated himself from us. And it can be really hard to trust him when we feel that he's so far away. But when I read this passage, I begin to see this hope that Paul is trying to show us. And I know that it can seem cliche. There's a lot of scriptures in this passage that Christians just flippantly quote whenever things are hard. And it can be really hard to believe that there's any depth to these. I, I know that we have been hearing some, some kind of um, terminology like toxic positivity, where you just think everything's going to be fine, everything's great, even as the world is burning around you. Sort of like that dog meme who's sitting in the coffee shop and he's like, this is fine, but there's literally the whole building is burning down. And that can be a little bit how 2020 feels. And when we get stuck in this thing of like toxic positivity, we begin to just discount any sort of negative feelings, any sort of things like fear or trepidation or anxiety or any of that stuff because we think, well, that's not Christian. We can't feel those negative emotions because that's not Christian. And that's just not true. But we do have hope. Hope in the fact that despite our weaknesses, Despite being in so much pain or, or having so much confusion or even doubt. And we don't even know how to begin to pray. The Holy Spirit remains near. The Holy Spirit does the work for us. He gives words to our groanings. I don't know about you, but I have literally had moments this year where I couldn't get out of bed and I just I had no words to speak, but the Lord was still near. He understood the groanings in my soul. He understands the hurt and the groanings that's in your heart that seems like a blockade between you and the Lord. But he can get past that. He sees through that. And he doesn't need our eloquent speech. He doesn't need you to know all of these amazing words or even have all of these scriptures memorized in order to pray to him. Even your groanings are enough to be able to reach out to him and know that he is near. He intercedes on our behalf, helping us not to just endure suffering for a time, but to get through it. And when we get through it, we often can see how he has made it for our good. We live in a broken world full of pain and painful situations. I can list off the top of my head 10 different people that are going through horrendous situations that they never could have imagined for themselves, ever. But yet I know that the Lord has not abandoned them. And it can be hard to see how it's going to be for our good when we're walking through it. But I want to assure you that it really does end up working for our good. And not because God has caused these situations in our life. It's not like that. We live in this broken world where hurt happens, but God can then take those situations. And a lot of times in my own life, sometimes it's taken a lot of elbow grease, I'm sure. But he can work these situations out so that good comes out of it. 
One of the things that I'm working through right now is trying to apply to go to college, which is, I'm very excited about this, and I know that I've mentioned it from this stage before about how that's been a dream of mine, and so I'm really excited that an opportunity has opened up for me to be able to apply to a program to get a bachelor's degree. But that means that I have to dig into the dark recesses of my past and access my high school transcripts, which, believe it or not, actually date all the way back to last century. So I get my high school transcripts, and I start looking over them. And I'm, at first, I'm very discouraged. Because I'm like, who's going to want to enroll me in their college with these sort of grades? And to be honest, I look at these grades, and I see how, you know, I was 13 when I started high school. And so I was super excited, as everybody is when they first start high school. There's all these high hopes. And, but you can tell that something kind of shifted my second semester because my grades started to dip really low. And then you see another change when I enter into the 10th grade because I switched schools. And then you see another change where while my grades were starting to improve, I suddenly switched schools again. And I ended up doing a distance learning program, which was essentially homeschooling. But it's not about the letters on the page. When you look through these transcripts and you look at these letters, it's about reading between the lines as to what they represent. It's not about the test scores so much. But if you look at my high school transcripts, you can begin to kind of follow this ribbon of pain throughout my years of, of schooling. That was a very difficult season for me. I started out school a, a very young teenager, practically still a child. But as I went through those years, I began to experience a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of shame and suffering. And some of it had to do with my home life, but some of it also had to do with my own choices. And you can kind of see where I began to falter and I began to lose hope and I began to struggle as you look through these grades of mine. You can see how I lost interest altogether in my future. When you look at my SAT scores, I didn't care anymore about my future because my present was so hard. But when I look back now, all of these years later, I see how in that moment I felt no hope and I felt like things were lost because life was hard. That was a very difficult season for me. But I look back now at how God has been able to use and, and mold and reshape all of those experiences, and I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be the person that I am today had I not been through that. Even when I switched schools for the first time because my mom kicked me out of the house because I was just going through such a hard time. So I went to live with my dad, and it was when I moved across the country to live with my dad that I became a Christian. I started going to church. And had I not been in that season, I don't know how God would have worked it out for me to be able to be introduced to him in such a loving way. And so I know, because I've seen it in my life, that God can work these difficult seasons out for our good. And I have hope now that even though 2020 seems like a wash, and I'd really rather just put up my Christmas tree and call it over, like let's just start afresh, you know, when July's over, we're just going to call it January 2021. But the truth is, I know I can trust him. Because if he took that season in my life and he turned it around for good, I know he's going to do it again. And I have to think that it's not just me. I know that he can do the same for you. After all, Scripture says that God, if God is for us, who can be against us? 
You see, we're not just these little playthings that he's created, and he's just waiting around in heaven, watching us mess up, and just kind of biding his time. He loves us with literally everything that he has. He gave up everything for us. And what I love about this passage is right smack in the middle of these scriptures is this word chosen. You see, throughout most of my life, I spent wondering if I was really ever wanted. And it was one of the reasons why I was searching and going through all of this rebellious time was because I was looking for something to validate me. And right here in scripture, it proves to us that we have been chosen, that we are wanted. And that tells me that we are not just some random creation or some random accident on this earth, but that we have been chosen for his purposes, that he wants us and that he can use us for his good. That not only do these situations work out in our lives for our good, but then he turns them around and he helps us to use our situations to bring hope to others. That we can look around and we can see, you know, here's where I hit a rough patch, but here's where God never left my side. I know that he can do the same for you. And we can begin to share our testimony. We can begin to share our experiences, just our story of how God has worked in and through our lives with other people to bring that same hope, which is what Paul has done throughout this letter. He uses the, the life of Jesus, and he uses the experiences in his own walk with God to bring hope to the rest of this church, the, the worldwide church. And I love how if God is for us, who can be against us? Because we are so special, God never, ever, ever gives up on us. Because he, didn't, because he gave up his own son, that's how we know that he loves us. Because he gave up everything. And it may feel like there's a wedge between you and God today. It may feel like there's this separation, there's this distance between you. Today I want to encourage you that that feeling is a lie. God never leaves our side. He may feel distant. He may feel far away, but he is always with us. He fights for us. He wants us to win. We're on the creator's side. He is on our side. And I just love so much how he is encouraging us in this pastor, in this passage that nothing can separate us from him. Not coronavirus, not racial injustice, not political conspiracies, not masks, not cancer, not job loss, not bad grades, not marriage troubles, not a difficult home life, not unmet goals or expectations. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. He gave us everything, including victory. He gave us a way to not only get through this, not only endure it, but to come out on the other side better for it. Whether that is in our physical life right now, or even if it, even though it doesn't come until the very end, there are so many people who reached the end of their physical life on earth, never having seen reward or evidence for their suffering. But I know that they received it the moment they slipped off this cloak of a human form and stepped into the presence of their father. We will receive our reward at the end. 
even when things feel difficult, even when God seems far away, I just today, if you don't leave with anything else, if you flick off this video and move on to the next one, I just want you to remember that God never leaves you. He is always there by your side. The question is, can we trust what Romans 8 is telling us, even if we don't feel it? That's a hard question, because that's not something that I can answer for you. That's not something that I can fix for you. I hope that by sharing a little bit about what's gone on in my life will help you understand that it is possible. And I want to invite you to just consider for a moment this idea that even though he feels far away, even when you don't have the right words to say, that he is there, that he is listening. And I want to invite the worship team to come up and just close us out with a song. While you sit and just kind of ponder what I'm talking about today, I want to invite you to even close your eyes and just repeat these simple words in your heart, whether silently or out loud. God, are you there? I'm waiting to feel your presence. And I think that just like how he answered my cry to have more of a desire to read his word, that he will answer your cry to feel his presence. And I pray that for you today, that whatever you're walking through, that his presence will be felt in a tangible way. A friend of mine recently reminded me, we were talking with a group of girlfriends on Zoom, and she said, hey, I'm not okay, and you're not okay, and that's okay. And what makes that okay is this right here. Christ's love for us. It means that even when everything around us is not okay, it's going to be okay. So I want to invite you to just take a moment as the worship band enters us into his presence and just ask him, Lord, Lord, show me your presence again. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.